few months back when you were <laughs> kind of ministering to me in some ways. And I was like, you know, that would be a great topic for a podcast. So I got in touch with him and was like, hey, why don't you come in and talk with me and uh, let's have this conversation. So um, basically what we're going to talk about today, I mean, with 2020 where it's at right now, uh, you know, welcome to level seven of Jumanji <laughs> is what a lot of people are saying right now. And Finish I, the game. Welcome back to the Where the Wild Things Are podcast. I'm back this week, and I've got a special guest with me. He is a pastor at Crossnore Baptist Church, well, actually a youth pastor yeah. at Crossnore Baptist Church, Matthew Jacobs, joining me today. And Matthew, thank you for taking the time to come in. No problem at all, man. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, this actually kind of goes back to a conversation that you and I had um a few months back when you were <laughs> kind of ministering to me in some ways and I was like you know that would be a great topic for a podcast so I got in touch with him and was like hey why don't you come in and talk with me and uh, let's have this conversation so um, basically what we're going to talk about today I mean with 2020 where it's at right now uh, you know welcome to level seven of Jumanji <laughs> is what a lot of people are saying right now and Finish the game. I, yeah. I mean, I have the game. If you want to play it while we're while we're doing this podcast, we could totally do that. And maybe if we can finish that game, then see what happens. It works that way. I, Remember, if you didn't start the game, you don't get to finish the game. So who started the game? Depends on who you talk to. Right. I, I guess so. I mean, you know, I guess it's because we started that movie trend again, and there we are. Right. But, you know... I, when we think about that aspect of things and how things are getting out of hand, things are getting crazy, things are getting hectic. Um, I mean, so far in 2020, we've seen a number of things that have happened. Um, biblical things, honestly, if we really want to take a look at it, uh, we're seeing division in probably, I mean, I, I, I hesitate to say that this is the most divisive that it's ever been. But I will say that it's definitely the most divisive that we will ever see. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, but it, it goes back to the scripture. And, and I, I'll let you say that in just a second. I don't even know what you're going to say, but I know it'll be good. Um, but it goes back to scripturally. I mean, we see divisiveness throughout the scripture. Mm -hmm. um, but what aspects are i mean what's next you know <laughs> yeah that's i saw the other day with the uh and then i'll go back to my, my other thought the other day someone said who who had giant sand mummies for uh oh yeah because of um, sand. Because of sand sand coming so I mean, it's something we just don't know with every day it almost seems like something new could be could be coming and really when you go back to divisiveness you know, it's easy for us to sit here now and say this is the most divisive we've ever been. And to some degree, that, that could be true. Except for there was a civil war well, in the well, 1860s. Well, that's, that's what I was about to go to. Um, <laughs> so before the civil war, in the 10 critical years leading up to that, there was a case in the uh, Senate chambers where they were discussing the issue of slavery. And one of the gentlemen from South Carolina, one of the guys from the North, ridiculed him, mocked him for something. And there was a guy from South Carolina who went up there with his cane wall, uh, what is it? not a walking stick, but I guess it is a walking stick. Mm -hmm. I was going to say walker, but I don't think they had walkers then. No, probably um, just cane, a cane. Cane walking stick 
after as soon as the, the session ended and went up there and beat the man against the head and broke his cane against him in the Senate <laughs> chambers of the United States of America. And uh, as much as we want to say this is the most divisive the uh, Republicans and Democrats ever been, I, I haven't seen any fights break out yet physically in the chambers up in D.C. Oh, I don't think they would actually get into physical <laughs> fights. But have you watched what's happening between – well, I'm not going to say names. Um, let's just say between a certain – prominent figure in our congress and a certain prominent figure in our country um i think everyone can go that direction and know exactly what we're talking about here it's it's more word games now than it and and i think the big difference that we see to why we make it maybe why it feels this way is people have 24 7 access to everything Oh, absolutely. So, so I mean, we talk about it in, in schools with cyberbullying, with bullying going on. And when back in the day, 30, 40 years ago, you had an issue with somebody, y'all just went outside and beat each other up and the fight's over, you're done. Right. Or now, well, I mean, even 20 years ago. Yeah. I, I, let's see. You you make it feel like it's old. I, I'm only 40, man. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but I can remember being in, in well, I guess – 30 years ago would be accurate because about 25, 30 years ago, I can remember, you know, no cell phones, no computers. You're, or you're just beginning to get into the computer age. I mean, when I graduated high school, if this dates me, you probably can't remember a day in school, high school that cell phones weren't in the hands of students. Not in high school. No. Um, I didn't have a cell phone until I graduated high school. And that was when I went off to college, and it was a, it was that old Nokia brick that that never broke. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I mean, if honestly, and I would be completely content going back and using that for now. Um, I feel like the phone I have is so fragile. Yeah, almost like everyone in the world right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. fragility is a conversation we are having right now because people's feelings are getting hurt mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah, and. No, fragility is not the conversation we're having. Actually, we haven't even got to the topic of conversation, but it leads to it. Yeah. Um, with with everything going on, we're watching people fall apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're falling apart because of um, this COVID-19, this pandemic situation. And you and I were talking before we came started recording about how we've been here before. I mean, the Spanish flu polio and and the same things were done then as they're being done right now if hey let's just use caution um but right now people's opinions apparently mean more to them than other people's lives yeah and as a pastor it's hard for us to not sit here and you know this one might get us in trouble with people but honestly i don't mind getting in trouble with people they need to hear this um the reality of it is if you're not willing to put other people's lives in front of your own cares and your own opinions and your own needs, you are not doing the Christian life. You're yeah. not living Christ-like because if Christ had one time taken his own opinion over the lives of everyone, he wouldn't have done what he did. Yeah. And there's a line on one of my favorite Christian artists on one of his songs. He says, and said, um, what's the fastest growing religion? It's called selfism. We just dress it up and call it Christian. Well, you know, and, and humanism yeah. is quite real. Yeah. And nobody wants to admit it. No. But humanism is very real. And it's, it's, 
I mean, we may even put others first, but who are we putting first before that? Are we putting yeah. Christ before that? Yeah. Or are we putting others yeah. before that? Because some of the nicest things that are being done in the world today are humanist because there is no Christ in it. Yeah. Um, I, I use Gandhi as an example for that. You know, everybody might be like, well, Gandhi was Hindu. Gandhi was this. Gandhi thought Jesus was a prophet. Mm-hmm. He said that Jesus was a great man. He was, a, you know, he would have loved to serve beside him, but he would never put him in that category of Christ. Yeah. And uh, I think that we all kind of have to look at those things that are there. You mentioned music. Uh, Todd Agnew, and I think I've said this before, but the song, My Jesus. Um, I think I've said this actually on this podcast about another situation, but it's the same line. Uh, and that is that he says, my Jesus would never be accepted in my church. The blood and dirt on his feet might stain the carpet. Yeah. And uh, in the, the conversation about the American church versus the church. Mm-hmm. And it really brings us into the moment of caring for one another. Um, so let me get into the meat of where we're going with this today with this question. But um, I mean, we're seeing issues of all kinds right now, and it all has to do with loving your neighbor as yourself yeah. or, you know, and I think one of the most eye-opening conversations I ever had was with another pastor who, um, we were, co- we were talking about situations and I really wish I could ha- remember who this conversation was with because I'd love to give credit where it's due. Um, but we're talking about things that are going on in the world. We're talking about things that are happening. And he started talking to me about my personal walk and my personal life. And he said, well, how are you doing? And how is this? And how is that? And as I'm going, I'm, I'm sitting there going, well, you know, I'd much rather make other people happy. I'd much rather do this. I'd much rather do that. I'd much rather. Do... And I still feel this way. Um, but it's something that has resonated with me since. And he made the statement to me. He said, read that verse one time. Well, I was like, okay. He says, you know, the whole do unto others, um, love your neighbor as yourself and I said right so he said not before yourself not after yourself as yourself he said for you to understand what that means you have to love yourself first yeah and when that hit me now now understand that's not the selfism that we're talking about that's literally self-care that's taking care of you loving the Lord and then loving him enough to know how to serve him yeah and so part of that is figuring out where all this fits well if we look at christ's life if we look at all these things but what would you say about it i mean as far as obviously we need rest we need a sabbath and that's ultimately the topic of where we're going to go today but what would you say about all of these things i mean you know as far as where we are right now in society I think one of the things when we we look and kind of transitioning towards the Sabbath is when we look at everything that is going on, it is exhausting. Oh, absolutely. In and of itself. Like, if you sit there and if you're watching the news and you're seeing everything going on in the news, two things happen. <laughs> no matter what news station yeah. you watch, two, two things are going on from people that talk to me. Because I don't watch the news. I, I don't have to. I, I just People tell me about it. And I'm like, okay, I know what's going on. Um, just because 
there's been some times in my past where I've, I've sat there and like, man, this has affected well, I'm gonna say- far more than it needs to. But, but with that, two things end up <laughs> happening. You either leave exhausted because you're like, man, how in the world did we get here? Or you're like, there's a bunch of crazy people. And we get mad and like we get frustrated and anger. And then we have to sit there as believers and go, you know, well, everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. James one nineteen and 20. And I sit there and go, right, <laughs> except that's, for, that's, except that's, for in that's, most people's yeah. minds right now, that's quick to speak, quick yeah, to, yeah, it's the complete opposite you know, of what, quick what we're to told. speak, quick to um, anger. And, and, and we see the, the complete opposite, you know, last yesterday I was watching the, the, Pixar Disney movie um, Inside Out. It's like the one with the little emotions. It's, it's a cute yeah. movie. And there's like this one image of guy that's like the anger. When he gets mad, he's like full throttle and flames start coming out of his head. And I was like, that is everyone when they watch the news right now. You know, they're ready to go. And I even had some church members tell me this last week. Like, I've done the best thing I, I could do for myself. I've just had to cut off the news and I'm a happier person. I was like, good. That that's probably is the best thing for you to do. And I, I think w- within all well, of this. Once Walter Cronkite passed away, there was no news well, I, worth I, watching. I almost brought that up yesterday when I was talking <laughs> with somebody. Not that I remember him, but I've watched documentaries yeah. where, where he was he was in. And I really wanted to say, because we were talking about, it, it was last night, we were talking about how now you can watch the news and the language and the vocabulary that they're using would never have been acceptable way of communicating or talking about an individual 15 years ago. Oh, no. And I mean, in the, in the, the, the obvious bias. I yeah. mean, even the news channels that in the last two years were trustworthy yeah. have now become non-trustworthy. I mean, this. Yeah. I work in media. I work in radio. Believe me when I say this, there's, there's always bias now. Yeah. And and we've done away with parts of our of what journalism is about. Yeah. And I I do my best to try to report what I can as even kill, but I'm gonna report it from a Christian yeah. standpoint. Well it's impossible not to. Yeah. I mean as a as a as a follower of Christ, my my job is to make sure that I give you that biblical perspective yeah. on any topic that we might talk about. Now, I can't speak for everyone in the media because I don't know that there's that many out there right now yeah. um, that are that are going to do the same. I, I think you and I both could probably name a handful of I mean, we're seeing just to slide into this a little bit. We're, we're seeing pastors who are catering mm-hmm. to the social issues and to the people rather than to the scripture right yeah, now. Yeah. We're seeing things slide away within the church because it's in the better name of, you know, well, well, we don't want to stir. Why not? If it's not biblical, let's not yeah. talk about it that way. True. Um, you know, my, my opinion is, is that, you know, if, if there's one verse that we, you know, if, if, if it doesn't sit well with the spirit, then, then let's read it, let's study it and let's see why, and let's encourage, you know, yeah. let's not just buy in to everything that everyone's selling right now. Yeah. And, um, I mean, do you think that's a dangerous place for the church to be? Yeah, I, I think it is. This is the issue. And I think it's more or less an issue in the West than it is in other parts of the world. In the West, we are individualistic and we are entitled. No matter the generation, no we matter what age you have the wrong idea what freedom is. Yeah. I mean... If you want to take off the mask, for example, not take off, but take off, however you want to look at that. <laughs> yeah. um, you, know, you look, look at the mask for an example. In the West, you're taking away my liberties. 
in the East, yeah, we're going to wear a mask because we care more about our neighbor. It's a societal well, thing. Let's be real, though. I mean, and 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 this might step on some toes, but a lot of the people getting angry out there today have been wearing masks for years to church. And I'm not saying that in any way that absolves me because there's times where I've been like, you know what? Absolutely. I don't, I'm not trying to buy into that mentality of, well, if I give into a mask, then I'm going to be asked to give into a vaccine or this and that. I don't believe in that. Yeah. What I believe in is I love you. You're my neighbor. Yeah. You could die from this. I'm going to protect you. Yeah. I will wear a mask to protect you. Now, that being said, I'm also saying, you know, I recognize that social distance when can be achieved. I don't have to wear a mask right now. Yeah. So there's a happy medium here. I mean, what's so wrong with wearing a mask for 30 seconds when you're within that six foot radius of somebody? You know, I, I think that's what we need to look at. Yeah. We need to stop looking at it in a selfish perspective of saying, you know, you're, you're infringing upon my rights. Well, great. Your rights don't matter right now because what about Christ? Yeah. What about the church? What yeah. about how your witness is affecting someone yeah. else? Because you're infringing on their right to Christ. Yeah. If you do not share that witness, you're infringing on the call that he placed on your life. If you're not sharing that gospel. And that's a hard, a hard point for people to yeah. hear. Yeah, no, it de definitely is. And I, with all this that goes on, it is, it's just exhausting. Right. You know, even talking about it, I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, like, like it's just exhausting going on. And I, I think to, to switch gears a little bit and look at the, the concept of a, of Sabbath, both for the pastor and both for the Christian, um, it will look different to some degree. And what I, what I'm saying this, and I want y'all to listen to this carefully <laughs> is when does your pastor work? All the time. All the time. <laughs> or as we like to joke, as, as churchmen love to joke, we only work two days a week. What? You work Sunday, and then they might give you Wednesday. Someone might just say one day a week. Yeah. Um, it depends on the context. And so Sunday. Well, well let's, uh, for a moment, just number one, the idea of Sabbath. We need to get back to the root of where that comes from. Yeah. Uh, but while you're talking about work, how many pastors do you know that that's their only their only task at all? I mean, let's be honest. Bivocational in, in is a word area, that goes with pastor yeah. in our area. Yeah, and th this area is a completely different ballgame right. for me um, because I, th I only know a maybe a handful in every county that would be considered a full-time pastor as far as this is their only vocation. Right. Like, I mean, most are by vocation. I am most definitely by vocation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and many of the pastors that I know are most definitely mm -hmm. by vocational because you're talking about, you are the pastor at a church and yes, you're expected to kind of handle the same thing as a full-time pastor. Yeah. And, um, you're also balancing a 40 hour a week job or whatever, whatever you is. need yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be very careful about, well, you only work one day away. Well, yeah, but I also work two other jobs yeah. to pay my bills. Yeah. Um, that's another conversation for another day about how many bills we might have and how we could address that. Uh, but you brought up the Sabbath and talking about how, um, 
that rest is important, mm-hmm. you know, and that it looks different for both sides, uh, whether it be the Christian or, but it, it is important for all. I mean, yeah. there's a reason it was a law. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, when we trace that back, it does, it, it goes all the way back to creation, right? Yeah, it goes all the way back to creation. He, so. he institutes it. We know as believers, you can go back and read Genesis one <laughs> and you're going to see that he creates in six days. He created everything, and on the seventh day, he rested from all of his labors. I don't, should we look that up? If you need to. You need to. <laughs> um, it's going to be towards the end of Genesis chapter one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, right there after the whole he created man thing. Yeah, and it was very good. And it was very good. You know, then he says, so, so you're talking Genesis 1, uh, 26, 27, and beyond. Um Let's see here. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking it up for us right now so I can give you exact reference. I'm not going to read it, but, um, oh wait, no, no, no. Is it, it the start of Genesis 2? It's the start of Genesis okay. 2 because it's the first three verses of Genesis 2. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed the work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from all his work of creation. And it's not because he was tired. No. Well, let's just go ahead and, and, and unpack that for a second. Yeah. It wasn't because God sat there and went, <laughs> yeah. and it was. And he was like, oh, man, my breath, man, that was exhausting to breathe today. He didn't have emphysema. I mean, he, he was sitting there and he spoke everything into existence. Except for one. Man. He formed man he formed with his own hands. He, he, he reached down. And he breathed life, life into, into him. So his breath was part of that. His <laughs> breath was part of that, but his speech was not. Um, but Well, I guess it was when he said, let us make man. Yeah, uh, it was the Trinity. So if you have an issue with the Trinity, there it is in creation. Right. Um, not jumping off horse. But with that, is, is he institutes this not because he is exhausted. As you look at creation... It could be exhausting sitting there looking at all of creation and thinking through, man, the, all the detail that is in mm-hmm. every aspect of creation. You, you drive up to the parkway, you go to the viaduct, you look out, and that's a vast distance to look out. Right. And that's just a small, small, minute glimpse of everything that he'd created. And we see the bigness and the awesomeness of God with that. But he, he, he rests on that seventh day, instituting for us the Sabbath. Mankind cannot make it long-term working seven days a week. I can attest to that. Yeah, it, you you can't. I mean, you know, and I, I can attest to that. I mean, when this whole pandemic thing started, uh, things got ramped up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not the only one. I can I can tell you a number of folks you know, being in the radio business and having to get the information out as well as pastoring a church, uh, recording, doing all these things. I mean, at, at best it was 10 hours a day, maybe more. Yeah. We're talking seven days a week. And, and just in the last few weeks, my health, I've had to take steps back and be like, Whoa, wait a minute. I need that rest. And this is where you ministered to me a few weeks ago and, and where you were like, Hey, you can't keep doing this. You're going seven days a week. You're not the only one. I mean, I've had a couple of ministers that are uh, part of a group we have here and uh, who have contacted me and be like, 
hey, you need to take a step back. And then while I'm praying about what to do for the podcast, I'm like, I'm not the only one that has this problem. Yeah. And so that's when I called you up because of the conversations we have had. And I was like, hey, why don't you join me for this? Yeah. Um, and, and one of the reasons that you've given me is that exact reason. But there was a couple other things that you said to me, too, that I was wanting to uh, give you a chance to touch on as well um, with the process of all this. But, you know, the the purpose, I, I guess, that we're trying to talk about here is the fact that as Christians, um, you know, you talked about it looking different mm -hmm. for a pastor and a Christian. You kind of moved me into both realms of that with the conversation to let me see that I had to really be aware of what was yeah. happening. Uh, can you can you kind of go over some of, some of that again? Yeah, I'll, tr I'll try to rehash. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying said, to remember. What I said a couple months ago. So so basically, when I when I say this, speaking to the Christian first, when it comes to Sabbath, Sabbath at its most basic meaning is rest in God. Right. Okay. So when we go back and we look in the Old Testament and we go to Exodus chapter 20 and he gives us the Ten Commandments and he sits there and says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And we see that commandment. What he is saying is when we look at everyone else in culture, we got to think back Old Testament. We got to think back to the culture, the environment they were living in. Everywhere they had been, there was polytheism, meaning multiple gods. They're coming out of Egypt. God has redeemed them. He has brought the plagues in the early sections of Exodus. He brings them out. And I think in Exodus 13, they cross the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. He leads them by a pillar, a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. He's leading them out to this promised land that he has given them. And Moses goes up to Mount Sinai and get these Ten Commandments. And the reason for this is, one, when you think about it, you have been in slavery for 400 years building the pyramids, building all these things that the Egyptians were making them build, how often do you think they got rest as slaves? Well, I'll give you my quick answer. Never. Because if you ever give people rest that are slaves to you, you're never going to get finished these amazing architectural defeats that you're wanting to build. Right. And so when God has redeemed his people, he's brought them out of Egypt and he's looking at them and he's giving them these commandments. And the thrust of these 10 commandments is you are to be different than everybody else. When he sits with the first commandment and says, you shall have no other gods beside me. You're going to look different because everyone's polytheistic. You're going to be monotheistic. You're going to be worshiping mm -hmm. me and me alone. He goes to the second commandment, cut out all idols where everywhere you went, there were idols. There were things they worshiped. He's setting a, a standard of, it looks different to be my child. You need to remember what it was like when, before Joseph and before the famine and before slavery. He's setting a standard. And so when he says that, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, he's giving them really two blessings. One, he is pointing them back to creation in that he rested in the model that we need to, because our bodies aren't going to make it seven days a week. But he's also, he's giving them a blessing. Mm -hmm. Because for 400 years, they had worked nonstop. And he says, guys, remember the Sabbath day. Worship me and rest. It's a gift from God. It's not a burden. And what ends up happening from there is as these people move and time passes, we see the Pharisees come in and start to create laws around this Sabbath. Right. 
And when they start to create laws around this Sabbath with good intentions, like we don't want to fall back to how we were in Egypt. Well, I mean, and the problem is, and it's much like today, Mm -hmm. where you take the word of God and then you say, well, that can't mean that. So let's let's figure this out Mm -hmm. in our terms that we can understand. So the Pharisees had looked at the law and they said, well, no one can work on the Sabbath. Meaning if you're, if your ox breaks his leg, you can't get him out of the ditch kind of thing and you have to leave him, but he's going to die. So then they would make a law around that. Well, that's common sense. That's not work. That's not what, you know, that's not providing for your life. Right. It, it, it doesn't mean, you know, not working according to them was literally doing nothing. Yeah. I don't think that's exactly what taking the Sabbath means. And, and as I've studied this and I've looked at this and, and what continues to come to mind is that whole love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. There's many ways we can look at that. Number one, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, and not just the whole love yourself because you matter and all of that, but literally make sure you love yourself. Don't despise yourself. Don't disrespect yourself. Don't put yourself down. Don't, don't cut yourself short. Um, make sure that you're taking care of you while you're taking care of others. Yeah. That mentality and looking at it in that way, um, don't put yourself first but don't put yourself after yeah, don't don't forget yourself right in the process like and and by putting myself in that mindset i've realized okay i must take care of me it doesn't mean i'm having to take care of me first like that's one of the things that when people say it to me i cringe they're like well you got to take care of you first because you got to make sure that you know and and anybody that's ever said that to me i appreciate the sentiment yeah. but the problem i have with it is i don't believe that i should ever put myself first um, in fact, I, th- I think I come third, love God, love people, then me, yeah. you know, um, you know, that's, there's always the, the factor of, but we do have to take care of self, yeah. uh, meaning, you know, our family needs to come before someone else's family. Sometimes our leadership can only happen if people see that good example in us. Mm-hmm. So if I'm saying to others, take a Sabbath, I need to take a Sabbath. Yeah. If I'm saying to others that to to do these things i also need to do these things yeah and i believe that taking it back to the creation story is as basic as it can come yeah that god said take a sabbath i took a sabbath yeah you know it's not do as i say it's literally do as i do yeah and that's the same thing with jesus love your neighbor as i have loved you love one another as i have loved you do what i've done so i think that the Sabbath is one of the most basic mm-hmm. of Christian yeah. things. And and I don't know why in the world, and not to unpack, you know, how it shifted, but it's, it's almost like the idea of Sabbath is burdensome on people, pastor or everyday church member. And what I mean by that is we have to do X. We have to do blank. We can't do this. And as a believer, and when we sit back and we're talking about change of Christianity, <laughs> all right, go back to when my mom was younger. Okay, so let's go back 40, 50 years ago, somewhere in there. And my grandmother would always. Let's hope she doesn't hear this. 
I hope she does. <laughs> I hope she does. Well, it's funny. I call my dad old man. <laughs> well, <laughs> but but with this, if we go back 40, 50 years ago, there wasn't no restaurant open on Sunday. When, 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 you, when you got off church, when you left church, your mom probably, or grandmother. I think it was somewhere in the 80s that happened. Yeah, it started to shift. Because I remember going on Sunday afternoons, Pizza Hut was the place. Still is the place. I, <laughs> true, but, but 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 with that, you know, restaurants weren't open. Your my my mom talked about when she was little. My grandmother would make the food on Saturday evening, and that's part one of a two part series with Matthew Jacobs talking about finding a Sabbath and finding peace through that Sabbath. So we'll pick up part two next week. Thank you for tuning in with us this week on the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. Let's take a moment to pray before we close this thing out this week. Father God, we just thank you again for allowing us to uh, come together in a podcast format, Lord, to come and uh, know who you are. God, I pray that we would find time to rest, that, Lord, we would take importance in that. God, that you would have us to do the important things that are um, finding time to rest in you. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless someone through the ministry that we do through this podcast. Continue to bless Matthew and his ministry as well. Lord, we just give you the glory today and we pray in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in with the Where the Wild Things Aren't podcast. You can join us each week. We try to get an episode up by 12 noon every Friday. We are very blessed to be able to bring this to you. Hope that you can find peace where the wild things aren't. Listen on wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow it. Click it to download so you can get the newest episodes. And again, we thank you for listening to Where the Wild Things Aren't.